late to the interview. Rushing into the interview, and the chief executive sees you that you are unkept and you are, you are just rusting here. You have not prepared to meet them. You imagine how he will feel in his heart. So and more than that is the one who created you and I. When he calls for a meeting, he expects people to know that he is God. He said to Israel, if I am your God in the book of Malachi, he said, where is my honor? Where is the honor due to me? And then also you recognize that by that analogy I'm giving you, which is the fact, if you miss the day of your visitation, you will, you will now have to stay some more years. Because God is a God of order, and God is a God that is jealous, God expects man to recognize Him as their maker. So I told you and I showed you from the scripture how Hannah, if she did not go to Shiloh that year, Samuel would be born, but Hannah would be excluded. The day of visitation when God has ordained to do something or bless somebody. If you are not there, if it is a bath of manifestation, God will still bath it through another vessel. And I told you there are a good number of people today who are prime ministers of nations, but they are not the original choice of God for the nation. But the original choice of God for the nation just lay back with a lay back attitude. He may be a cleaner somewhere. Whereas if he had gone to school, he would have been a genius. He would have come out exceedingly great. Yeah, yeah, two days ago, I stumbled across uh, a video of Nigeria. And it was the video of a man called Obafemi Awulowo. In 1958 and 1959, when he was the governor of a region, and he came to England to negotiate the independence of Nigeria. And they began to interview him in that interview. And he told them, they asked him that, why would you not take your region away and form a country? And he said to them that the kingdom cannot be divided against itself. It shall not stand. He said that they believe that Nigeria is one. And they are better one, bigger, than to be sectorial. And the man began to talk about this generation that he will not live to see. That man was a man who was not educated like you and I. Opportunity. He was born in a village. He decided to study law without going to university. And he became, in the history of black people, he was rated to be the most intelligent every black, the black continent I've ever produced. Really, Margaret Thatcher said, if that man was a white man, he would rule Europe perfectly. But the fact is that he started with nothing. And he committed his life to educate himself. And why I'm saying that is this. In this season, God required me to tell you, you must take your life utmostly seriously. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. 
He says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. Now, we have several times as passed in CFT for 25 years. But today we enter into another time that marks a new season. We have gathered for 21 days to praise God. Some of you, as you are standing with me now, if I ask you to mark yourself in your attendance of praising God for 21 days, you will be ashamed of yourself before your maker. Because for 21 days, God said, meet me and praise. For 21 days, some people took it religiously. For 21 days, some people remember once a while. For 21 days, some people forgot God. How would you be happy for God to treat you the way you have treated him for 21 days? One of the singers who came yesterday says that I don't have to praise God because he has done something. I must praise him because he's God. If God didn't do anything, he said, I will still praise him. For all what God has done for you. For those who live very far away, it is just a matter of, because of distance you can't be there. But at that hour you join in the praise. But for those of you who live locally, if you don't live as far as I live, my house is one hour journey to the church. I live one hour away. Okay? And I think one of the reasons why God threw me one hour away is because so that nobody can be justified by not really... Uh, coming punctually or coming late and so you can't be justified because I live farther than you. The fact is that people who are far away who cannot come because of distance still watch it live. We had one of our new pastors from India. His testimonies are interesting. You will listen to him on the anniversary day. When he came in yesterday and he was telling me that he met this ministry last year. And within one year that he had met us, what has happened in his life and in the life of the church in India is amazing. But if you look at that man, when I stood before you and I said on a Sunday, I'm going to Nigeria tomorrow for the first crusade in 2015. That Sunday I was telling you, I told you, I told them in, in, New, in the um, Woolwich, that night, I received a, a, an email from him. And he said, Daddy, we heard you say to the brethren in London, your crusade in Lagos is going to happen at this time, and you are going tomorrow. After we watch the live program, which means he gets all his church to watch us online before he now ministers to the church. He said, we decided that, that day we decided that you cannot just go without all the partakers of it. So we divided ourselves into seven days. And I assigned people who will pray for you each day, each day, each day, till you come back. Now, they live in India, but they are in London. You can be far away from heaven, but yet you are part of heaven. To be part of heaven means to hear the voice of the maker of heaven and earth and to connect with it. One thing I don't want any one of you to do for yourself is to come to church whereas before God is a waste of time and life. Some do that. They go every Sunday. God has no business with it. They propose to serve God, but God is not interested in them. 
God is not interested in them because they have personally cut themselves off from the commonwealth of God. Because to come to church is very important to seek God. Uh, but those who seek Him don't miss church. And I want to say this to you that in this very week, coming to yourself to serving God, if any one of you just got a job, and by the fact that you just got a new job, you cannot have holiday, it's understandable. You know in CFT, one thing unique about me, which you won't find in any minister of my caliber, is that I don't regulate people. No, it won't take you to heaven. I leave you to your conscience so that those who will seek God among you will, and they will find Him. In some other churches, they have rules and regulations. You break it, they have punishment, they have all the stuff. In CFT, I don't. But the danger in my system, which is the system Jesus adopted, I do to the nearest dot what Jesus did in the scripture. I vow to do that throughout my life and make it a legacy in this house. But the danger in it is that there are some people who will not take it serious and they will become one of the five virgins that did not have oil in their lamp. May that not be you. So what I'm saying to us, therefore, know this. There is a time under heaven for every activity and a season for every... The time under heaven for every, uh, everything and a season for every activity. What season are we now? Look at the book of Luke, chapter 1. Let's look at this Luke, chapter 1. I will give you some few scriptures and I will move to my next call. In Luke, chapter 1, from verse 5, it says, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Ahijah. His wife Elizabeth had, uh, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God. Look at the resume of these people. Observing the laws of God, uh, the, the, uh, the Lord's commands and regulation blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was what? Barren. And they were both well advanced in years. Once when, it, when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God. Understand this. He was on duty. He was serving as priest before God. So what happened in those days is that not every day leaders are put on duty. Okay? But I something I want to know about this leadership. This man and his wife, though they had a pressing need, covenant of God to people is to be fruitful, but they did not have it. So they have every cause to blame God. They have every cause to be fed up and be tired. But the Bible says that they never come late. They were blameless in serving God. They recognized that the, the, the attitude they must have towards God must be more than the attitude they have towards the pursuit of their life. They took God as priority. And that is to be blameless. So on that day they came too. Prepare the altar for you in full service here. Workers, leaders, you are supposed to be here for seven. Now, from um, New Year, you know, next Sunday, we, next Sunday there is no service here. If you come here, we have moved to Zion. But the following Sunday is going to be our first year, first Sunday of the year. I will implement a rule of this church. I will move my seats up here again. The reason why I moved my seats here was that whenever we, you know, at the time we are growing the church, and the church still has spaces, 
I always sit down here so that we can have more room to fill. But from the new year, I'll move my seat up again. This is it. All leaders, we pray with apostles 7 a.m. every Sunday to 7.30. Any leader that misses it, once I finish with the leaders, I will appoint among those who are with me, those who sit with me on the pulpit here. Anyone that comes late won't have space here. They will sit in the congregation. This is the way I was raised. This is the scripture way. So that really if you come late to a meeting, you are supposed to exempt yourself because you don't want to contempt God. If I wrong God, I punish myself so that I don't want to fall in the fire line. And that's the principle. Workers, leaders, meet with the apostles. So that we pray for the service. There are some people who will have been here today. But Satan rose up against them early this morning. I was in this church one day when we were in the Old Bay Baptist Church. A woman in this church. That man was here sometime last year. The woman in this church whose husband had been in Nigeria. A lawyer. No, a professor. Not a lawyer. was a professor. And we prayed and prayed and prayed for this man to come to London. Okay. He was having this immigration issue. They would not give him permission. But when they gave him, they now called him. After praying so much to come and get his, take his visa, he gave, was given a visa to join his family. The man arrived on Saturday and told that wife, tomorrow that church you have been mentioning, that have been praying for me, I want us to be there. Okay? The following morning, okay, that they should come, there was quarrel between both of them. Serious one. Serious quarrel. Now let me tell you something. We need to understand. I don't want any one of you not to understand God. It's very dangerous. In those days we pray at an hour before. People will hang all over the whole place and be praying right through. Which we will begin again fully. When eventually we kept praying here. We didn't know anything happening. We pray against the powers of the devil that want to hinder people. We release them and all stuff. When we came, we came, the church was full. As I was ministering, the Holy Spirit told me that who is the woman who fought with her husband today? Stand up here. The woman stood up. And the Lord said that your husband, whom we have prayed for, for years, who has now come, you deprive him. It was the husband who told the woman that day that, if you don't go to that church today, the woman said, we are not going to church. If you don't go, I will find that church and I will go myself. I said, where is the husband? And the husband walked out. He said, look at yourself. And I kept on preaching. There was a blessing for the man. That man, anywhere he went, he would never, he would, even the last time we met, you know, I think in a wedding, last year, the man was still reminding me. He was still reminding me that that changed his life completely. If someone says there is no God, he says, I know there is God. He is a professor who argues about Christianity. That shut his mouth. And from that day, he, become, he became a defender of faith. You know what I'm saying to you? When you wake up in the morning, most of you recognize that you sleep. You say to yourself, I will sleep early. You sleep early. Why do you wake late? There is a devil somewhere. You put on alarm that you are going to wake up at five. Alarm will ring. You will not even hear sometimes. Or sometimes the alarm will not ring. You will say the alarm didn't ring. Maybe all those things are, they are gimmicks of Satan. Satan doesn't want man 
to serve God. And if you serve God, He wants you to serve Him like, um, you know, you know, um, yeah, mechanized. Which was it? Not from your heart. He doesn't want you to worship God. Okay? He wants to be a Pharisee. That's what He wants. And the devil doesn't have problem with people as, as long as he can keep you a Pharisee. Some worship the God they are told. Some worship the God they know. You must worship Him because you know Him. So it is the duty of ordained leaders to be here and prepare the temple of God. All workers. On Sunday, your heart should be pumped up from Saturday about Sunday. So that as I, who will minister, will see God before that day, praying every day, what is going to happen in the service, that I may see. So that if I come in by the Spirit of God, as sometimes the Lord will reveal and I begin to speak, people will, the awe of God will come upon their hearts. So all leaders have the same responsibility that I have. Praying sometime all the night for a service against the power of Satan that intends to hinder people from being blessed. You know, the battle of this world is just within two elements. Some people are so naive. They call it the force of evil and the force of good. Okay? Even those who don't believe in God believe that there is bad and good. Now, this is the question to those who are so who stigmatic in their brain. What is the source of the bad? Tell me. And what is the source of the good? What biology in man constitutes bad things? So that you will understand that what the Bible says is correct. There is a devil somewhere. Revelation 12, 11, 12. It says, Woe to you, art, for the devil has been, has been cast into you. So you and I have an obligation to serve God. This man, Zechariah, was in the church. So when they casted the lots, early before service, I'm sure it's more than an hour, they wait. The lot fell on him. He was not on duty. But the Lord chooses the, the one on duty. From among those who report. If he did not report that day, that is the end of his life. So this week, be careful. You know, the Lord told me three days ago when we were doing praise night. The Lord told me that before the end of the praise, he would do something very strange. But what he would do, I was looking for it in each meeting. When we worship, I will move in the prophetic and myself over the lives of people and stuff like God. The Lord told me that speak over the life of my people. But on the 20th day, the Lord said, anoint everybody. I don't want to do it humanly. Because whenever I have to annoy people, especially when there are many, my head, my hand becomes heavy. It pains me to you raise your hand like this for five minutes and see what it does. So when I have to annoy people, I'm not only raising my hand, but I'm moving my unction, which is very different. Unction saps human energy. But it is only God who empowers us to do that. Someone says that, what is all this thing? What does all this thing mean? It means too much. Let me tell you something. It is by mouth the destiny of a man is pronounced and is changed. If you, to be a president, some people will use their mouth to appoint you. Okay? And a man who is a miserable man somewhere will become like good luck of Nigeria. He will, yeah. Oh yes. If you look at the history of that man, the wife said it. I met people who knew him when he was begging for food. 
But with mouth, somebody just said that you are going to be the president, and that's it. He became. If ordinary men, the word of ordinary men can have effects in the physical, then the word of God's servants have effects beyond the physical. Are we together now? So when we lay hands on you, don't, don't you think that we're just doing an exercise? It's not just an exercise. When the Lord said that should anoint you, don't just think it's an exercise. When Samuel was anointed, what happened to him spiritually was that God changed his heart straight away. Changing his heart means God changes intellect, he changes reasoning, he changes ability. He all the weaknesses that is contrary to kingship was taken out by anointing. And he became a man who can rule. He was naturally a meek man and a, a man who is very much timid and, you know, uncertain of himself. A man who is not certain of himself cannot rule. A fearful man, he was. When enemies come, he will go, go and hide under, under the bush. The Bible says so. But after being anointed, it became something different. You know, 17-year-old boy, David was anointed. And he tore a lion with his hands. At the age of 17. And he did so many miraculous things. I would get now. So when God said I should anoint the people, I said to God that look, you know, I'm tired now. He said, You anoint them. And I began to do that. Now understand that that meeting is for all members of safety. It's for all members of safety. Now we are starting another meeting. We are starting to now today. Today is just for me to help you understand what season we are going into. During the convention, anything can happen. Don't miss it. I was told by the Sunday school teachers that, oh, they said the children should do their play or something or read somewhere or they do uh, on Wednesday. But some parents said that, uh, you know, they may not be in church on Wednesday. And I told them that I will not let the children do their program on Wednesday. I will call them anytime I feel so. And those children, I will do something from God to them. We gave back, we conceived our children in this church. We gave back to them in this church. Our women with pregnancy came to Night Vigil. Saturday they went to give birth. The following week they are with the baby in the church. We will pray from 12 midnight to 6 in the morning with those children. When I was raising my daughter, when, if our children are successful today, nobody should just be thinking about oh, why, 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 why. We raise them according to the Bible. One day I, was, I took my daughter, Dickness Elizabeth, as a Baptist pastor to the church, night vigil. She was very small. I was pushing her in the, in the chair. And then I will, as I was talking, she would be talking. Okay? I was preaching, she would be talking. So, and she was disturbing. Because at that time I was the one, you know, mommy was in Lagos for her job back and stuff like that. So, I'm the only one she knows. So, when I was talking, she was talking. Because I talked to her a lot. <laughs> so, I got angry. How can I be preaching the word? Are you are talking? I said, save in the name of Jesus. And she fell to the, to the, to the back. Pumped like that. And she was gone. She snored instantly. Snoring. <laughs> and I said, let's carry on. She did not wake up. This is him. We finished all what we want to do. We have to wake her up. That we are finished now. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Who will tell me that they will not be successful? Impossible. Let the whole devil of this world come against them. He's choking. Do you know why? It is not only the God of their father, but their God. That's the reason why those children don't have anything than God. We raise all of them. The same thing with my pastor's children. You see all of them. 
We gave back to them in Vigil. We raised them in Vigil. What we do, they did. We took them to church every day. And they are success in this world. Minimum of them have masters. None of our children can stop in first degree. It cannot happen in this church. Not just one masters. Some of them have more than one masters. And they are, we don't beg God for their employment. We don't pray over them anymore. The sooner they are harsh, they are successful. The Bible says, You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Well, somebody who doesn't do that, you are telling children, you know, there's some days in the week you don't take them to church. When they get to maturity, they will just go away from the Lord. You will be begging for prayer at the time as parents. I don't want such religion in this church. I want children to be taught to love God, to know God by themselves and find Him. So because of that, I will not, the program for the week, I cancel everything. I will call those children when I feel so by the Spirit of God. And whatever God told me to do, those kids who will come and perform, I will do to them. So that people don't just play games with God. Look at this Zechariah's division. He was on duty and serving as a priest. Then what happened in Exodus very quickly because I have to leave now. He was chosen by Lord according to the custom of the priesthood to do what? To go into the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. You should give God privilege to choose you in a service to come and burn incense. To do something. But he will choose you if you were there. You know, usually we do program timetable for people. I will stop all that. We will just follow the pattern of the Bible. When we come in, we gather ourselves. You know, we pray. Whoever God said, you, 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 come and lead us in the opening of the church. That's what we'll be doing now. That's what I did to raise all the leaders. And if you look at what happened next, it says what? And when the time? Uh-huh. Did you see that? They were outside. He was in the holy place. Altar preparing the altar. That's our job of leadership. That's why we are ordained. Deacons, deaconesses, pastors. It's our responsibility. To prepare the altar for the people. So that God can bless his people. That's why he took us from among his people. And called us leaders. With a passion, we must do that. And then, what happened next? I love that. Shall we do it together? That was the end of his misery. He did not come to have a child from God. He only came to worship God in his faithfulness. Go to the book of Exodus. This timing that you are in. Chapter 3. In the book of Exodus, uh, my time is up. In the book of Exodus chapter 3, it says, Now Moses was tending the, the, tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the prince of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, listen to this. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire, from within a burning bush. Now, do you know that Moses has been going to this mountain? But he never climbed the mountain. Because if you read the story down, the angel that was talking to him, he never climbed, he spoke about it. He never climbed the mountain. He was always grazing around. Because he knows that the father-in-law had told him, 
That is the mountain of God. But he's never seen God there. If Moses decided to stay at home that day and not grace this flock to that place, he will miss God. God chooses locations to do things. And he chooses time to do this. These things. And this is the beginning of the call, the great call of Moses. Look at the book of Joshua. Let me show you a few things in Joshua and we will stop. I'm talking about times and season. This is the 25th anniversary of safety. Don't let people, your friends, tell you stories of what happened. And you say, ah, if I had known, that would not be your portion. Your portion would never be if I had known. If you look at in the book of Joshua, let me refer you to you from chapter 3. It says, early in the morning, Joshua and all Israel, Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they came, before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When, he, when you see the ark of the, the lost covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests who are, are Levites carrying it, you are to move from your position and follow. You follow who? You follow who? When you see the Levite carry the ark, you move from your position and follow who? Come on now. You follow the Levites. He says when you see the Levite move, you move. I'm your chief rabbi. I have started moving. Move with me. You know, this week I should not even, you know, be able to do anything. Because I have so much on my head. But who put it there? God. Is it to rob God? No. <laughs> it's to serve him. It's to serve him. When you see the Levite move and the earth move, follow the Levites. Follow the Levites. That is what led them from slavery into liberty and freedom. This week, you will be led into your freedom. I wish you were in the meeting over this period. That God has been speaking. Yesterday was profound prophetic. I had to call off my spirit from the realm of the spirit because the time was was gone. But I saw my God was revealing to me that I couldn't alter everything. We will continue in the timing. But I want to say this to you. Look at what it says here. Verse 13. No, let me read further. Verse 5. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourself for what? Tomorrow the Lord will what? When will he do amazing things? When will he do amazing things? Listen to me. That word is prophetic word for you today. Consecrate yourself for what? Tomorrow the Lord will do amazing thing to who? To me. And what it means by consecrate? Prepare your hearts. Come on now. Expect something. God is about to pass through CFT in a dimension you haven't seen before. From this time tomorrow. By by nine thirty tomorrow, all ministers will be there with me praying. 
I wrote in their program, I will lead the prayer for seminar myself. 30 minutes before we go into lecture. So God will visit us from tomorrow. Do you know what it says? And it then went further to say, So Joshua said to the priest, Take off the ark of the covenant and pass on head, pass on head of people. Take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead. And you know that he has told them that whenever you see the Levi carry the ark, follow. <laughs> I beg you to follow. It was in this month, February, 1984, that Jesus appeared to me. For the commission that gave birth to this house. Let me tell you this. It was in this month, many years ago, that God changed the decree of Haman to exterminate Israel. And Haman hanged on his God. If what I'm saying seems like tongue to you, are you not reading Bible? If you know Haman, say yeah. yeah. I cannot hear you. Yeah. If you don't know Haman, don't say yeah. If you know Haman, say yeah. Now let me say something to you. Haman was a man who was in power and position. Okay? And Esther was a slave who became a queen. And whenever Haman was walking, people bowed down before him because they believed he's the next to the, to the king. And he was a man who was full of power. So, but Israel don't bow to any man. So there was a man called Mordecai who was an uncle of Esther. And he refused to bow. But God had used Mordecai to save the life of the king. When they plotted to kill him. So, Haman decided to go and lie against Mordecai. And pawn the king up. That there are some people who rebel against you. What shall be done to them? The king said they should be exterminated. He said, yes, that's exactly. He said, and I will, I will, I will prepare for the extermination. I will talk about that tomorrow. Deeply. And so, they prepared for the extermination. And they wrote the letter and they brought it to the king and he signed it. Like in England, when the parliament would, would talk and argue and debate and say all their yeah, yeah. Whenever they come to a decision, that decision is non grata until the queen receives the royal assent. Alright? But when you receive royal assent, then it becomes a law. Okay? So, but in their own days, though in England, the laws can be repealed. But in their own days, you cannot reverse it. So the man stamped it, finished. And he now, that was, he did that in the month of March to April the previous year, which is the first month. And they decided a day for extermination for this very month where, this season where was when they did it. But in this month of February, God intervened. God will intervene over your fears. This this convention, you see, CFT is so significant in God's calendar. So significant. But you need to understand it. Why did God give birth to this church in the first Sunday by open vision? Open vision. Okay? I know few churches who probably had that encounter. We were worshiping in the building on Wednesday. And God showed me an open vision. Another building here, the address and everywhere, and told me, tell your people to meet you there 
This Sunday, Wednesday to Sunday is how many days? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four days. Tell them to meet you there at 2 p.m. And I told all the members, meet me at 2 p.m. Do you know this building? This is called All Saints Church. It's in a place called New Crossroads. Everybody who knows it, if you don't know it, just go and look for it. There is where we're going to start service next Sunday. We have not met anybody to discuss it because God showed it in open vision as it did in the scriptures. Second day, I went to the minister. We found the building and I went to the minister. And the minister said to me that I don't know what you're talking about because I'm an Anglican minister. I'm a Roman Catholic Anglican. He said, well, so sorry, but the fact is that I just feel that maybe God is talking to you. Let us go. And there he took me to the building. He said that we don't allow anybody because in our custom, we have to have a meeting. And we just finished the first meeting now for this month. It will take another month to hold the meeting. He said, but something is telling me that God spoke to you. Let's go. And he, over, he the rule of Anglican was, was, you know, overturned. God will overturn every rule over your life that is contrary to His will. This will happen February that year with Esther. Your human will hang on their gallery. So listen, therefore, you must know this. God said, tomorrow I will do amazing things. But if you look at it also, verse 7, that's why we will stop. And the Lord said to Joshua, today... I begin, I will begin to exhort you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. It is the time for every leader of ordained. Understand, Joshua stands for leaders. For Moses, God has revealed himself with Moses. In your midst over 25 years, through my calling, your life has been transformed. We have seen the blind sea, we have seen the lame walk, we have seen dead bodies raised. This year's convention from tomorrow, that the Lord will do amazing things. The unction will move from your Moses and it will come over your Joshua's. And when I say Joshua, I'm talking about people who are connected by their spirits. Not necessarily ordained. Because Joshua was not among those that was appointed. But he was the one who took over. And he laid the benchmark for the new leadership of the New Testament. Therefore, tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among us. He will exalt you in the eyes of Israel, this nation. I can't hear your amen. So that they may know you. So that they may know also. That I am with you as I, was, as I was with Apostle Williams. You know something? I beg you to follow me. At least it doesn't cost you money. <laughs> I told some people that I bring my friends to come and preach. They are not those who raise money. We don't raise money on the... Let me say this to you. Our leadership training that we do from 10... To four. We don't take one offering. We don't. Not in this church. Leadership training from ten to four, we give. We give our life, we give our time, we give everything. We will take offering every night. And the Bible says that don't come before me without an offering. When you are doing, uh, 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 you know, anniversary is a special time. We'll talk about that in the week. 
in the week when you come, you must bring an offering. And you must bring an offering from your heart. Alright? We do not attach your offering to miracle. Because it's a substance of worship. The Bible says the gift of a man will make a way for him. He's talking about money gifts. Substance gifts. Let me tell you something. The pastor who came from India shocked mommy and I yesterday. The moment the man came and we, you know, the leadership have been preparing to receive him and all stuff like that. The man, I said, follow me to, be, to my room. Tell me about the church. Tell me what God is doing with you. Because I want to hear testimonies of everybody too. It challenges me also. And you know one thing the man told me? Should I tell you or should I not? I won't tell you. I mean, I won't tell you. I will let him say it in the week. Don't miss the week. You hear it from his mouth. Now, this is what happened. The man said to me, after telling me all these interesting things, I tell you, the prophecy God gave me about India is being fulfilled through them. Now, I will tell you now, not the one he said. He now, brought, he now said to me that apostle, he brought a bag full of fruits from India. He said that my church, when I was coming, we decided that I must bring you fruits from our land. And he brought me big, big fruits from India. Then he said to me that I decided to bless you with this. And he gave me, I'm even, I forgot, I'm going to pick it up and take it into the New Cross now. He gave me, what do you call this thing? Moflavi. That thing you use to cover your neck. What do you call it? Sa. Ah, all these English people, God deliver you. God deliver you from grammatical neurosis. You know something? When you are cold, that thing like flalen. You know what flalen is? You don't know flalen? No, 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 no. Women tie head with scarf. How can you tie scarf on the neck? That is a... a, a, a muffler. I'm looking, nobody even has it on your neck. Because it is warm. <laughs> Do you know some... Ah, look at that sister over there. The sister in red. That is... Stand up. Let me see your, your muffler, Jerry. Don't answer all this for you people. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Okay, what is in her head? Stand up. What is in her head? This is scarf, isn't it? So how can you call the one on the neck scarf as well? This one is for cold. What are you talking? Why can people be this? I come home? Okay, now, no problem. No problem, no problem. If you start tying scarf on your neck, God bless you out. He gave me, <laughs> he gave me this, we call it flannel. It is made with flannel. What are you talking? You just give me to July. I will go to Africa and leave you guys here for some minutes. He gave me this muffler, you call it. Or you call it scarf. Okay, he gave me muffler scarf. <laughs> made with flannel. So everybody is happy. So I wore it quick to protect my chest from England cold. This is Indian scarf or muffler or flannel. Whoever, whichever you belong to, just catch your own. And then he said the wife also bought mommy another one. 
And the one she gave, the wife gave mommy is incredible. You know? This man brought this gift for me. And when I looked at him, something spoke inside my spirit into his life. The gift of a man will make a way for him. If when you are having your birthday and unusual friends appeared and they brought surprising gift to you, how do you feel? Or your children that you have raised and you have blessed them all their life, now they are working. And you felt that they are not earning enough, but in their lack, they brought you a gift. You will look at that child. What, what will return back to that child will be greater than what is given. So is God. The Bible says no one comes before God empty-handed. So according to what God has blessed you, you must come to bless God. Uh, we dedicated some big, big humongous chairs in the Carita yesterday. And those chairs were, one of the members wanted to buy me chairs, okay, for me to sit. And then we called the manufacturer, and before we know it, the manufacturer said, okay, we will give you the chairs as donation. And we said, we need six. He said, no problem. Then we called back and said, we need 12. He said, okay, we will give you the 12. Each of those chairs cost more than a thousand. They are not ordinary chairs. They are bishop's chair. Really, the fattest woman in this church, when she sits in it, she will look like a slim woman. You understand me now? Why are you doing like that? <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. God has blessed the woman with body that he didn't give to man. Hallelujah, somebody. But no matter how big you are, how humongous you are, when you sit inside that chair, you look like slimy, slimy, slimy. You know. You see how you sit down, you have space to put your Bible so that your Bible can sit and you too, you can sit. Listen to me. <laughs> so we dedicated it yesterday. Somebody brought that. On Friday. Yeah, it was on Friday. Yesterday is like Friday. So what I'm saying to you is this. In this anniversary, let us come expecting God. God had promised you he will glorify you so that Israel, the nation, will know it. You are in the United Kingdom. Something is about to happen to you that will draw the attention of this nation. Don't miss it. Number two, when you are coming in the evening, bring an offering to the Lord. Number three, I have told you that we are receiving guests, your brethren from all over the world. I want to thank those of you who have been given to us their upkeep. Don't let this time pass by and then you say, if I had known, I would have stretched my hand. Because whenever there's a demand and you stretch your hand, you draw the hand of God to your own need too. No matter how much you, you think you lack, God knows what he has given to you. Make sure your hand is everywhere according to what you have, not according to what you do not have. Maybe you may have to stop eating fish and chips that you eat and all this uh, food that destroy health and put the money together and go and meet the treasurer or put it in your bar, you know your envelope and say that this is for really what we we'll do today is that when you take your normal offering and tithe then pastor you will conduct an offering towards the anniversary that people can have opportunity to give towards the anniversary and i'll do that in the church in cathedral. So that if you have not given towards the anniversary group, and pray over that offering separately from the main tithe and offering, 
And then when you pray for over the offering, pray for those who had given to us the anniversary already. Because there are some people up to yesterday who are still bringing money to, to the, towards the anniversary. But I want to say to you, the time of your joy is now. The season of your visitation is now. Something will happen in this week that will change your life. It will change my life. If any one of you have assignment of death, God had revoked it yesterday. And for those who shall go into captivity, to captivity shall they go. And they are the sons of Belial who was assigned by the evil one to hinder the sons of the light. As for many who have been assigned to hinder you, to captivity shall they go. But for you, your cowrie prisoner will soon be set free. Your desert land shall give back to vegetation. Your hopelessness shall give back to hope. Your fig tree that blossom with leaves shall begin to bring forth fruits in the name of the Lord of hosts. Stand up upon your feet. Lift up your voice and begin to thank God. Thank God for this season. Thank God for this season. Thank God for this season. The season of transformation. It is your season of glory. It is your season that the power of the Most High will saturate your home. Your song will change. And you shall say, When the Lord brought back the captive to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. The Lord will meet you in this season. At the point of your need, in a transcendent manner, you will flourish. I say that you will flourish. I say that you will flourish. It has never happened before that a man is angry with the sun and manufactures something that can cover the sun from shining across the globe. So it shall be like the sun, your glory shall be. Like the sun, your glory shall be. Either man is happy or unhappy, your glory shall be made visible. Either man is happy or unhappy, you will be as intelligent as your maker. The one who is the author of intelligence shall beam his intelligence into your brain. He will transform your reasoning. He will transform your talking. He will transform your action. The Lord will saturate with the glory of his presence. Those of you who have been dreaming for vision, in this season the Lord will touch your eyes. Your eyes shall open to the, to the realm of the spirit. Vision you shall see. Vision you shall see. Prophecy will well out of your mouth like rivers. In the name of the Lord, those of you who are reserved, the Lord will put fire in your bone. It will take away the reservation and the Holy Spirit of God will flow through you. It will be a season your life shall be turned around forever unto good. Whatever the devil has been doing in your family is shut down. If, demon, if Satan can send demons, God can send angels. Against the post of demons assigned against your family, we replace them with angels of God. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. We decree that the ministry angel of God that God has sent to you, that his hand be lifted out in power to smash every power of Satan around you and make way for you according to the book of Exodus. So it shall come to pass in Jesus' anointed name. Amen and amen and amen. Put your hands together for the King of heaven.